Please listen carefully. Paul Frields. And I'm Dave Guzman. Welcome to Practical Bass, where each week we take a topic of interest to you, the working bass player, and we unpack it, look at it from a few different perspectives, and hopefully deliver some information for you that can help elevate your gigs and gear to the next level. Uh, You can find us on the podcasts app on your iPhone or iTunes. You can find us on Google Play Music on your Android device. You can also find us on Stitcher Radio or just about any podcatching app. Just open up your search function and look for Practical Bass, and you will find us. Hit the subscribe link, and that will deliver a new episode to you every week, fresh and hot off the presses. And we are encouraging you, our listeners, to get in touch with us. We love feedback. We love to hear from you. This is really about having a conversation, not just with each other, uh, but also with you, the listeners. So you can send us comments through our Facebook page. You can send them through the website, which is practicalbase.com. You can also find us on Twitter, on Google Plus, and on Instagram. And uh, even send us pictures of your gear. Send us pictures of your gigs. We love to see that stuff. So uh, we also read every bit of email that uh, that comes to us. So we look forward to hearing from you and hearing about your suggestions. If there's a topic that you're interested in, we would love to cover that. Feel free to send it our way. Um, that actually brings me, Dave, yeah. to our, uh, our our special announcement for this episode, which is once again, I turn to our listener mail. Listener mail. We actually got a piece of mail from uh, our listener, Daryl Denlinger. Uh, Daryl, I hope I got your name right. It's either Denlinger or Denlinger. I'm not sure, but I'm going to, I'm going to use Denlinger for now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and apologize if I got that wrong. Um, Daryl wrote in, um, uh, after responding to our, uh, segment on strings and he wrote in, um, about fretboard care and he writes, and I'm going to quote, because um, he he actually had a, a big long list of of uh, of items that he ticked off here. But he writes, "I'm amazed at the amount of disagreement on this subject. Use lemon oil. Never use lemon oil. Never use mineral oil. Use mineral oil. Use product X. Product X ruined my fingerboard, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Right? And he had a whole list yeah. of these, just all these various myths and different pieces of information. And I think, you know, Dave, I don't know about you. Do you spend a lot of time on like internet forums about this stuff? Um, yeah. And then my head spins and then I stop. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much goes for like the whole internet. I'm right. Sure. I, I circle the first 15 pages and then I, st- <laughs> first 14 pages, then I stop. I like stopping Quick at correction. Not yeah, f- yeah, yeah. Not quite 50. I like stopping at even numbered pages because it. <laughs> It suits well for my brain. That's your, yeah, that's your OCD thing kicking mm-hmm. in. I can go to 14, not 15. <laughs> I go to 14 five times, right? but not 15. Right. Then I have to go to the 16th and then 16 is way too much. <laughs> so, um, you know, so, so Daryl wrote in about, um, about fretboard care here. And I, I guess this is actually a really great topic, I think, for us to maybe clear up some of the myths that are out there about fingerboard care and, and um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe talk instead about uh, the facts and also, you know, even deliver some of the expert opinions that are out there, um, especially those that are coming from like luthiers and builders, because I feel like 
those are the people that you really want to trust, right? The experienced folks out there, not, you know, random internet people. Right. Because that could be like, you know, Harry down the street who's like, he has like one guitar from like 1952 that's like falling apart. <laughs> right. You, you, you just don't know. You it, could know? Be, it could be guys like you and I. I'm like, yeah, just like spit on it and rub it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't even worry about it. It's like new. <laughs> It'll live. It's mass produced. I breathe on it, but with a, a, a bottom breath, a nice, deep, heavy dark breath get it out of your diaphragm as opposed to <laughs> yeah. just out yeah because that's not good yeah the diaphragm is where it really <laughs> that's where the good juices are <laughs> oh my god um so so i guess we want to talk about fretboards and and caring for them you know mm -hmm. maybe we should talk about like our experience with them as well um what kind of fretboard do you have or fingerboard and i'm going to use fretboard here um it, a lot of people will talk about fingerboard when they're talking about a fretless bass and a fretboard if they're talking about a fretted instrument, but right. we're probably going to use those interchangeably here just because, yeah. you know, the frets add an element of care that you have to take and also a signal True. to you, but we may use those terms interchangeably. So, um, it's probably not worth sweating for the purposes of this, of this podcast. Right. Um, what, what kind of fretboards do you favor and, and um and how often do you take care of yours? Uh for me primarily I'm I'm maple, right? Like I you know, it's the kind of that brightness that may just be in my head, the tonality of it, but that's that's mostly what I play right now. And <clears throat> honestly, like I, I don't the only routine in order to keep it somewhat of a routine is I schedule it just basically around my string changes. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I don't, I don't obsess over it too much just because I'm, I'm afraid because of, mm -hmm. because of like the lack of knowledge that I have as to like what I could do to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just more about the, um, cleaning regularly, but not, a, not in any sort of abrasive manner. Yeah. Like you go over it lightly or whatever and mm -hmm. that's how you take care of it. Yeah. Cause, and I'm, I'm never taking all of my strings off my base also, because I feel like that's extreme mm -hmm. just to like let the, you know, neck get wild on its own. Yeah, so yeah. You, know, you string change one at a time. So I'm taking one string, just a, you know, gentle kind of. Yeah. And, and so I, I think we talked about this with strings, but how often do you, do you tend to change your strings? Uh, right now I've gotten to the point that, um, you know, I've, I've got my, my string habit where I'm about two and a half to three months I can go. Okay. So maybe four times a year, maybe about four, four times four a year, five times a year. Yep. You, you change strings exactly, okay. and yeah. and in addition to that, the only other cleaning that I do is, which is super like not like too intense, but anytime that I play, like if it's a long gig, if it's an outdoor gig, if I'm sweating, yeah, anything heavy like that, if it's a long rehearsal and we've played for three hours in some basement and it's kind of nappy, I just go ahead and give it a quick wipe down with a cloth, yeah. Just oh, to sure. keep it like just the in in between, just to kind of in general keep it clean. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, what kind of um, so what kind of fretboards are you working with right now? What is your habit? Well, I think you know, like you, I I think I favor maple, and I I don't think it's in your head. I think you know, maple tends to be a little bit brighter, mm -hmm. um, you know, just just a bit, and but 
be that as it may, uh, you know, I've got a few bases that have rosewood um, right. fretboards, and I I really, I mean, I condition those, you know, maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, you know, there's I've there have been times where I've gone, you know, if I have a base that I haven't taken out in a while, it might be a couple of years right. between conditioning, and you know, in in its favor, I guess it's in a pretty temperature constant right. place. So it's not like it's going out and being weathered by the elements or something like that, but yep. yeah, maybe not ideal, but um, you know, I, I usually don't do any more often than, than once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I know you can look for is if you have like areas that you see that are like the color is fading, right. especially in patches or something like that. Yep. Or if you have a base that, you know, where you know that the frets are are well-dressed and, and have been well-dressed, like it's been taken care of, well set up by somebody who knows how to do that. Yeah. And if you start noticing on that fingerboard that the frets are are starting to maybe just scrap, like scrape or bite just a little bit on the edges, mm-hmm. that's usually a sign that you need to do something because the, the wood is probably drying out and contracting a bit. Right. So, you know, you be careful about that yeah um that's kind of unusual though i mean that's pretty extreme especially if your instrument is mostly you know uh kept away from the elements and you know in a in a pretty constant um climate yeah. but um usually I'll, I'll i'll only see that for a base where i i really haven't pulled it out in a while and i know that i haven't like kept up to schedule with it yeah. or something like that and again I, I think maybe i've had that in you know 30 some years of playing i've maybe only had that happen like once or twice right I pulled out a base and i was like oh maybe i better do something with this yeah you know there's like and there there are other factors i mean it's funny because I, I did a, a you know I, I researched it a little bit just to take a look at like what some of those opinions were out there there are actually a number of people that were talking about they first go in and they they scrape off like the debris mm-hmm. which like sure. i'm not into like get into anybody's you know their cleanliness habits or whatever that is maybe there's just like what maybe whatever environment or maybe you know whatever whatever the dirt is like and some people different things right like because some people like their fingers or whatnot like some people exude more oil Mm -hmm. some people yeah there's like like acidity levels in our sweat that's different there could be like you know your callus if you have really thick calluses sometimes you can shred them on certain kind of strings and stuff right because not not to get gross but a lot of things that are left on the fretboard happen to be dead skin i mean you're you're like constantly especially if you've got you know round round strings and you're shredding up and down your the uh the neck you're definitely gonna have some you know it's definitely some skin particles yep for sure yeah yeah so um when when you sit down i guess and you you know, look at your bass after, you know, or when you're getting to that, that point where you're changing your strings mm-hmm. off. Um, what, what do you usually use for like a care product? Yeah. So I'm, because again, like I don't, I think it's just a lack of knowledge of what to do. So I try to lean conservatively. So I, I really just use, I'll take, you know, a, a cl- like a cotton rag, right? Like a t-shirt mm-hmm. that I've used. It's clean. And yeah. I'll have, typically I'll just use two or if it's large enough one side i'll just dampen with water yeah, just yeah. straight water and then the other side you know just dry yeah 
So I just go through each yep. fret and if I know or each, you know, area in between the frets and mm-hmm. clean it individually like that, especially like, you know, around whatever, around any sort of edges or any sort of buildup. Right. And then I go immediately and I just dry it off. Um, it could be totally wrong. It's just the gentlest way that I know how to yeah. like approach it without like I'm just trying not to create any damage, but to at least get in there and, you know, do some some minor cleaning. Sure. Sometimes I'll use, um, I do have a toothbrush assigned to my, you know, group of equipment that I'll just, you know, if there is anything next to the fret, then I'll use that to sort right, of Right, like if it's it got up. some munge in between, like, mm-hmm. like down where the fret hits the, hits right. the board. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that, yeah, it's like famous for, you can find stuff, you know, in those crevices and whatnot. And that, it's not easy to clean without something like a toothbrush. Right. You don't want to take a razor to it. So, yeah. <laughs> or do you? Or do no, you? No, you do not. I'm telling the listeners right now, you do not. I say live dangerously. <laughs> Follow what I say, not what I've done. You're into self-harm, though. We don't, no. um, so, so what, yeah, your process, yeah, what do you my, look at? Well, so for years, I mean, when I was young and, and just starting out, I, I really didn't know better. And- you know, what I did is basically like a toothbrush, a, a soft toothbrush mm-hmm. and Murphy's oil soap. Right. Um, <laughs> which I figured, oh, well, if it works for furniture, certainly it should work for, you know, this fretboard. And it's probably not the <laughs> worst thing you could do, yeah. but it certainly isn't the best, um, which I found out, you know, later just from, you know, again, talking to guys who built guitars, right? which is that the soap, can dry out the like the soap component of that mm-hmm. and and some of the other um some of the other solvents that are in there can dry out the wood right they're really not good for it i mean granted i wasn't it wasn't like i was doing this every week that mm-hmm. probably would have been really bad for it but you know even occasionally that can be a problem um yeah and and if you're doing it a lot too there's also i mean just like any other soap it is something that you're putting on there. Yeah. I mean, at its simplest form. There's so a residue. There's a residue yep. and it will build up. Yeah. If So if you feel like you're obsessively cleaning, it's possible that you're obsessively not cleaning. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly. anti-cleaning. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was good at getting that munge off from the frets, like you said, you know, with the toothbrush and whatnot. But other mm-hmm. than that, it really wasn't doing it a lot of good. Um, you know, nowadays... Uh, well, I, you know, I know that if, if, if that tends to go like really far south, then, um, you know, you can use something like a lemon oil or a mineral oil uh-huh. to kind of like rescue and recondition it, um, over time. And, you know, so I, I try and do more of the right tool for the right job now. Yeah. And that's really an oil, an oil-based product, like a mineral oil or a lemon oil. And, and so, you know, we are going to address some of these, um, you know, some of these questions that Daryl wrote in about, I think, yeah. as we, as we talk about what, you know, what really is the the best stuff to use. And, you know, I think maybe something to point out here is, you know, this isn't just, you know, Dave and me kind of telling uh, stories about, you know, what we do. I mean, mm-hmm. it's interesting, I think, for people to hear where we're coming from and know that, you know, the first part of what we discussed here isn't really about the ideal, right? We're just saying this is where we came from. Right. But, you know, after doing a lot of research and talking to different builders and luthiers and yep. so forth, you know, we, we've kind of pulled together and consolidated some of the best advice. And the great news is it turns out that, you know, almost all the luthiers and builders and, and the folks that, you know, who are, are the real experts, 
they, they pretty much agree on what to do here, right? So yeah. that that actually makes it much easier. I think if we'd had to decide which expert was right, this would have been a really difficult episode to do. Yeah. Um, there are a couple assumptions, though, that you can make, which are completely safe to make, right? Um, the first yeah. one, very important. If you are somebody, if, if you're playing a maple fretboard, it is almost 100% certain that your maple fretboard is sealed because maple fretboards really require that. Right. The wood requires it. So you're mm-hmm. going to know it's sealed because when you look at it, it's kind of glossy. I mean, it might right. be a satin gloss or something like that, but usually it's glossy and it's sealed up. You do not need to condition a maple fretboard, period. Yeah. You don't do anything to it. The only thing you need to do is maybe what Dave was talking about, which is, you know, maybe you take a, of uh, a soft adult toothbrush and you know uh, a, a little bit of moisture and you can just clean around the frets wipe off any grime with a with a clean lint-free cloth you're good to go that's it yeah you're done you have the easiest job of all which is you know probably another reason why right. i like maple fret boards <laughs> right such as low the maintenance sound. low maintenance yeah it's about you not having to do things hey let me i, I just want to like pump the brakes for a second, just yeah. in case if there are listeners out there that, cause I knew like some of these terms don't quite, they're, they're not as common for me, but when you're talking about conditioning, yeah, what really are you doing there? Yeah. Like what's happening? So conditioning means, you know, you're basically restoring the wood to kind of a natural balance of moisture mm-hmm. so that it maintains like it's, it's a little bit supple in, to the extent that wood can be right because what you don't want is you don't want that wood to dry out to the point where it contracts right and you know shrinks around the frets or you start having like issues with your frets maybe you know in really really bad cases you know things start popping or the right. edges start sticking out you know wood does expand and contract a little bit with temperature yep but what really does it is moisture. And people who play acoustic guitars know this really well, right? You have to keep your acoustic guitars within a uh, within a, a some range right. of humidity for them to be in optimum shape, right? And if you leave them out in a very dry area, you're going to have all sorts of problems as the wood changes character and it changes its moisture content. Right. So part of this is, you know, this part of this conditioning process is to get like essential oils and moisture back into the wood and, and make sure that it just, it yep. keeps a balance. I got it. Which is why, like, if you're going to buy an acoustic instrument, you're going into the cigar room. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you go in and there, you usually will see those temperature units and humidifiers yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Do you want a cigar? Do you want a guitar? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll take both. <laughs> I don't think like they probably wouldn't sell many guitars if they were selling them out of a cigar room. They would be like, they'd all smell like cigars. Only cigar smokers would buy them. Or sitars. <laughs> oh, jeez. Sorry. Oh. Uh, cut that one out. Uh, we're sorry. We're sorry, <laughs> listeners. Oh, no, I'm leaving that in. Um. So um. another, I guess a, another point is mm-hmm. about the woods that you do need to condition. And we talked about rosewood. Right. And I mentioned that I've got some rosewood fingerboards and fretboards on bases. Um, those do need care. Uh, and there are other materials out there uh, that people make fretboards out of mm-hmm. as well, obviously. Mahogany or wenge or ebony, mm-hmm. things like that, right? Um, and almost all of those can be cared for 
similarly. Um, now, again, you don't need to condition the seat. If it's a sealed fretboard, you do not need to condition it. Um, and, and you, you know, again, you can look for that, you know, look for that, that the glossy lacquer, if it, you right. know, if it's, if it's lacquered or sealed, you're not going to need to deal with that. Um, and if you're in doubt, if you're really not sure whether your guitar's fretboard, your bass's fretboard is sealed or not, just check with the builder, check with the manufacturer. Yeah. They can tell you, right. They'll, they'll right. even give you some hints on how to clean it. So, um, so as we get into the describing what people should do with their fretboards, I guess maybe one thing we ought to do is like maybe just pop down one by one and sort of look at some of the myths and how we could dispel those. Like our version of Mythbusters. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like very far away. That was an enormous <laughs> explosion, but it was very far Safety away. Safety first. Right. Hey, yeah, we got goggles on, which is also good. <laughs> All right, so let me run through some of these some of these myths and and we'll kind of talk through them. Yeah, hit me. The first one, uh, you should condition the fretboard every time you change your strings. And I swear to God, when I wrote that <laughs> note, I had no idea that that you do that when you change. It's your okay, strings. but but you might, you know, if you here here's my here's my well, point I, there. I, I don't think. condition. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So it's problem solved. Right. Problem solved because you, you're maple fretboard guy. Right. So it's all good. It's all good in the hood. Um. If so, again, so we'll keep this again just to the ones that you do have to do. Like this is all just about the woods that you do have to take care mm -hmm. of. So, so the myth is you should do it every time you change strings. I would say that is only true if you're changing your strings about once a year, right, <laughs> or maybe less, right, right. Um, if you change strings every month or something like that, you definitely do not need to be conditioning your fretboard every time you change strings, unless right. you live in some odd, like a, if you live in a really deep desert climate and you have no sort like your, your humidity is really low. Maybe you might need to do it more often, like maybe two or three times a year. Right. But and who knows, maybe a little more like, I, you know, I haven't lived in New Mexico. I don't know for sure. Yeah. But in most climates, you don't need to do it that often. Just every year should be plenty for most uh, for most fretboards. Yeah. Um, it so it's not going to hurt it if you do it more often, but if you change strings more than a couple times a year and you're conditioning every time, you're probably going to risk building up like oil and stuff on the finger on the fingerboard itself. Right. Like you're, it's going to start having maybe a little more goop on it, and you're like you said, you're getting away from the conditioning and. Yeah. And cleanliness that you want to get to, like that state of balance yeah. in the moisture and the oils and stuff. And you're kind of like getting to the point where it's going to be like a little more on the greasy side, honestly. Right. It's like if you wax a car too much. Yeah. And then you go to the door handle and you see like the green turtle wax everywhere. It's like, eh, <laughs> maybe a little overboard. Right. Right. And you can get buildup, you know, near the frets too, which right. is, you know, it's just going to, it's going to feel gunky and then you're going to get that stuff on your strings as well after you restring, you know, over time. Right. Um, so again, once a year is plenty. And the, the only other thing I would say is, you know, this is a good rule of thumb, right? And that's what we're talking about here. If the builder or the luthier recommends something differently, stick with that. Right. Right. Always trust the the manufacturer or the builder. They, they know what they're doing. Right. And they may, there may be specifics about your base that are different than a lot of other bases out there, but for yeah. the most part, annually works. Myth number two, 
Lemon oil is bad for your fretboard because it's acidic. Ah, see, it's also a myth. Ah, so it sounds like it. It sounds like it should be right because it's lemon. It does, yeah. How could it not be acidic? Totally, well, it's it is acidic. Yeah. So there are lemon oils that you get for cooking, mm-hmm. right? And they're they're derived like they're mostly derived from lemon peel, right? right. And yeah, absolutely, there is. There's acid in there. There's other things, you know, obviously as well. There are all sorts of plant material and stuff that's in that as well. But uh, lemon oil that you buy for guitar and bass fretboard maintenance is like 99% mineral oil. It's not not from lemons. There is out of the 1% or something that's left, mm-hmm. a fraction of that is a lemon essence. Like, it, again, might be derived from lemon, but it's huh. like an essence there that just kind of gives it a fragrance. And if you like your bases smelling right. like lemons, now you know you do not need to worry about that. You can enjoy your lemon-scented <laughs> base. It only lasts for a while usually, but... I mean, who doesn't love a lemon-scented base? Oh, oh I do. I love my lemon scent. It's fresh. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's like ninety nine percent mineral uh. oil. So this is really not a this is really not a, a problem. Um, wow. It's not bad for your fretboard. You can use it without worry. So if you've heard that, don't freak out and throw away your you know your Dunlop sixty five mm-hmm. lemon oil or something right. like that. All right, let's move to the next one. Let the oil soak in overnight for a day or a week. That's or- a long time for oil to sit. <laughs> Right. So yeah, another, yeah, this is, this is definitely another myth. Um, you really only need for it to sit for a minute or two. The level of conditioning that you're trying to get to here mm-hmm. um, is not soaking the wood in oil, right? Right. You're just trying to get to a point where there's a little bit of that oil is able to get down and permeate the wood, right? Um, you know, you can look mm-hmm. at, a, at, an, at an unsealed like a rosewood fingerboard. Yep. And you can see, even in even fingerboards that are in good shape, you can see very small, you know, ridges. I mean, very, very small, but you can see yeah. them with the naked eye if your eyes are not, you know, a mess or really, really, you know, um, if your vision's not really bad. Right. If you get up close to it, you can see very, very fine little ridges and, you know, even a few, maybe even like cracks. I'm not talking about giant cracks that are, are problems, but you can see features in that wood. Sure. And you can tell that it appears like it's next to being, you know, almost porous. It's not, you can't quite see at that level, but you can tell that it's an irregular surface. Right. Right. Um, But in addition to those features, if you were to like look at a microscope, you would actually see a lot more there. Like you would see fissures and you would yep. see little places where substances can seep in like moisture. Yeah. So the, the oil that sits on there will be able to get in there in a pretty short amount of time. Like it yep. doesn't need to sit for a day or overnight or anything to soak in. Yeah. It will get in. So when you're taking care of the fretboard um, with this, lemon oil or mineral oil Mm -hmm. product that you're using generally you put like a a dab of that on the fretboard right and then you kind of gently rub it in right cloth right a cloth that's you know not the same as the wiping off cloth it's like the the soaking in cloth yeah right so you kind of rub it on there and again you let it sit for a couple minutes not a big deal five minutes ten minutes maybe even half hour doesn't matter but 
there's nothing to be gained by letting it sit overnight. The thing is, is that you're going to take your clean cloth and you're going to get rid of that oil, but you're not going to be able to wipe away 100% of the oil because that substance has already kind of started to pervade right. down into those into those cracks and so forth. Right. And again, it's not like there's an, an infinite space for that oil to move into, right? These are very, very small areas and, you know, at the microscopic level that this substance is like getting into. Sure. So you don't need that much to to pervade it. Right. right. Because however much got in is going to get in. Yeah. After that, you're just cleaning it off. You're yeah. cleaning off the excess. Yeah, you're wiping off the excess. That's really yep. what it's all about. So you can just, you know, the, the the amount that needs to get in will get in in just a few minutes. Then you can mm-hmm. wipe it off safely. It's not a problem. And so to the next myth then, do you have to use a microfiber cloth to wipe the fretboard? No. No, not really. I mean, microfiber is great and everything. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it, but yeah. you can use any soft, clean, lint-free cloth. Right. Um, that is semi-absorbent. You know, all you're trying to do is get the excess oil off the fretboard. Yep. And if your cloth does that, great. If it makes, hey, if you've got a, if you've got a microfiber cloth that you prefer to use, yep, absolutely not a problem. It's great. Right. right. Not gonna it's not gonna cause a problem. Right. You could also use like I've used in the past, I've used like cloth diapers. Right. That have been laundered many I'm actually not, you know, I don't I, they haven't been used for babies. I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're clean. <laughs> but you buy these in bulk, they're actually a great deal. These yeah. these cloth diapers, they're actually perfect. You do have to run them through the wash mm-hmm. several times to get the like the the manufactured lint right. off them. But once they've gone through the the wash about three or four times, yeah, they are ideal for cleaning, mm. you know, for furniture polishing, whatever. Yep, um, and they're great for for guitar care. So right. you can take that, you know, that again, you take that lint that lint free cloth, and yep. all you're doing is pulling away the um, the remaining oil. Um, one thing yeah. that that uh, that I've heard people use paper towels or something like that. Definitely don't use those. Right. Right. Paper towels are a bad idea because they're not they're not debris free. Right. right. They're gonna leave they can leave paper bits and residue yep. around the frets. They can get caught on little tiny imperfections in your rosewood. Yeah. You know, and basically they sit there and they're just gonna like they kind of soak up some of that oil and moisture and stuff and then just mm-hmm. sort of sit there. Now, you know, may, you may not be able to see it easily, you know, but that stuff is there and then it'll get on your hands, get on your strings and whatnot. So, right. Yeah, paper towels are not makes made sense. For this. Yeah. Um, and then how about the way that you actually wipe the fretboard down? Should you go again, like against the grain or with the grain? What are we looking at there? Yeah. So the funny thing is, so I I I looked into this because this seemed like so persnickety right. about oh, you have to do it this way, you have to go with the grain, or you right. have to go against the grain. <laughs> and even the builders um don't you know they say it really doesn't matter like some right. of them will say oh go with the grain some of them will say it doesn't matter you can go against the grain if you look at the the way the myth goes yeah like literally some people say you absolutely have to do it with the grain and here's why and some people say you have to go against the grain and this is why and the truth right. the, the truth of the matter is um it, it doesn't matter for wiping the oil away now where it does matter is if you're like doing some sort of fine sanding or stripping or something like that right it will definitely matter there but that is sure. not what we're talking about we're 
We're purely talking about cleaning and conditioning a fretboard that is, you know, it's it's in the shape that you want, it's in the form that you want. All you're trying to do is keep it clean and and keep the wood in good shape. Right, right. So the you know, cloth is not gonna damage the wood. Um yep. much less if you're doing this like once or twice a year, even <laughs> right. four times a year, you are not gonna be doing anything to this fretboard. Right. that that is going to be a problem like this you know these the wood is you know it's grown in a forest right. outside for like years and years yeah. sometimes much longer and and it's taken the beating of strings and yep. fingers and all of that so yeah. a gentle yeah. like cloth going and wiping off oil is certainly not even touching what normally happens in its in its day in the life yeah exactly um there was there was one more um bit that i actually heard somebody talking about which is that they use steel wool steel wool on their fingerboard and i i was kind of i I mean i was kind of aghast at that was like what would make you choose that (laughs) to clean you know clean a a fretboard like now granted some of it you can get pretty fine but again it's way too harsh for what you need to do all you're trying to do is just wipe some oil and right. that is it you definitely do not need steel wool for that um and i'm pretty sure that if you used it over time you could do some serious damage to your fingerboard that's i mean again if you're talking about like sanding or stripping or something like that taking away a finish you know, maybe it's more of a an option there but not for for conditioning yeah. And this is like, this is definitely an opinion of mine because I think when, when I start to not understand exactly what I'm doing, I just back off and I say, you know, let me just like play it conservatively. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like it, you know, for the, for the safety of the base. Yeah. So there's a, there's another area we didn't cover. And what about, so we've been talking about, you know, the fingerboard or the fretboard, but what about the neck? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. We really didn't talk about about necks at all Mm -hmm. um yeah what do you think is that is that something maybe we could pull into a another conversation i mean that seems like a whole topic unto itself yeah i think maybe there's just too much information there so we can see if the listeners are interested in hearing more about that yeah yeah that's a great idea so yeah here's the challenge for you guys the listeners out there um you know we're interested in hearing you know whether or not you guys would like a an episode that talks about Um, care of the neck, um, how you deal with different finishes, things like Mm -hmm. that. I mean, there's all sorts of little nooks and crannies we can get into when it comes to, um, to neck maintenance. Um, and you know, if you're looking forward to something like that, Hey, even if you don't want to write in, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and you know, that episode will show up in your, uh, in your podcasting app. Yeah, sign up. Well, that sounds like a good place to wrap up for today. Um, I do want to thank our listener, uh, Daryl Denlinger, for his great suggestion for today's topic on fretboard care. Um, Again, we are always open to y'all's suggestions. We're really happy to have you as listeners, and we want this to be a conversation. We want to have a relationship with you guys beyond just pumping out podcasts at you. We'd love to hear what you have to say, um, things that you like, didn't like, whatever. We're open to all of it. You can send us feedback through our website. Just go to practicalbase.com and uh, you can fill out our feedback form that we have there. You're also welcome to get in touch with us 
at Facebook. You go to facebook.com slash practical base. Look for the practical base page if you are a Facebook member. Um, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Google Plus. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, and we would love to hear from you. So please, please do reach out and, and say hello. Let us know a little bit about you and, and uh, we'd love to chat. Um, so every week when we put another episode out, you can find it on your favorite podcatching app, whatever that is. If you have an iPhone, you can find it right through your podcasts app on your phone. Just search for Practical Base. You can do the same thing on iTunes, on your Mac computers. You can do it through Google Play Music or Stitcher Radio on any platform. Just search for Practical Base and then you can click the subscribe link. And you can get a fresh episode delivered straight to you uh, every week as we uh, as we put them out. And uh, we hope to hear from you soon. We hope you enjoy what you're hearing. Until next time, I'm Paul Freelds. And I'm Dave Guzman. This has been Practical Base. Thanks for listening. Who hired us? No one. No one would. No one would pay for this. We hired ourselves. No one would pay for this. Are you kidding? <laughs> not even the beer company whose beer we're drinking. They're like, please do not endorse us. <laughs> Can you not? You do, whatever you do. I think they're going to charge us for Don't, mentioning their name. Yeah. The microbrewery is like, we're actually sending you a cease and desist letter. <laughs> Don't tell people what you're drinking on the air. Yeah, don't do that. Don't worry. Yeah, tell them it's the other brewery down the road. <laughs> Not us. <laughs> <laughs>